This episode of The Smoke Pit brought to you by The Nut Ruck by Arbor Arms. The tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. Check it out at arborarms.com. Tell them The Smoke Pit sent you. Welcome to The Smoke Pit. What up, though? Back again for another fantastic episode. My name is Dan Sharp. I am your host, joined by my co-host, Alexander Pfeffer. Rah. Mike Sensi has taken the week off, so uh, you're stuck with us two this week. Yep, Mike uh, Mike decided he needed some me time Yep, yep. with himself and a bottle of tequila. <laughs> well, we don't blame him, but uh, we decided to make this episode uh, a little bit different. We're going to talk about some uh, interesting things that have popped up in the news recently, like uh, using rubber bullets to enforce social distancing. Now, was that that was in South Africa, I, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to that. We'll um, we also have a near hundred year old uh, British veteran who raised like twenty million dollars for uh, health workers in the UK. Lots of lots of good feel good stories here. I like it. Yeah, and also a uh, shop in Hong Kong is selling tear gas flavored ice cream. I believe that is the traditional Chinese way of telling your Chinese oppressors to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a great episode for you, folks. Uh, all right, so. First and foremost, we want to thank Combat Comb Over for uh, being a great sponsor of the show. You can use our discount code Cream Pie to save yourself some money at CombatCombOver.com. Fantastic pomades and uh, beard oils for your hair and your face. Yeah, I'm using some right now because what with the not getting a haircut in a couple of months, it's starting to get a little gross up in here. I'm looking like budget Wolverine. <laughs> so for those on our YouTube, yeah, please uh, excuse our poor state of groom. We don't usually look like this, but... I would dare to say that the people having rubber bullets shot at them in South Africa are um, feeling a, a bit more worse for wear than we are right now. Now, admittedly, if they're following the social distancing protocols, they're not getting shot with rubber bullets. Well, it's uh, it, it's kind of hard to, to say exactly what's what down there because we, uh, we only have uh, several reports of what seem to be some isolated instances back at the uh, the end of March. But basically, South Africa was uh, telling people just to stay home, but then people were out at shops and grocery stores trying to get provisions, and the uh, the local authorities uh, started firing. Uh, we, we weren't sure the exact uh, ammo because nobody went and picked up the cartridge and examined it to see what the lot and dotic was. So we don't know if it was uh, rubber BBs or if it was bean backgrounds, but we do know that uh, non-lethal munitions uh, or less than lethal, rather. Less than lethal munitions. Yeah, I, I saw your eyes perk up real quick, and I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Anything's lethal if you shoot it in the right place. Yeah, no shit. You imagine taking a fucking beanbag to the temple at, you know, like four inches away? No, but I can imagine getting shot in the gut with a beanbag from about ten feet away. Ouch. What what, what situation were you in that that happened? Uh, I was in Habania in 2007, <laughs> and my armor was surprised when I walked into the armory, and I was like... Hey, man, what are you doing? And he switched around and he shot me in the gut with a freaking bean background. Okay, so this wasn't why you were looting during Katrina then? I was overseas fighting terrorizers during Katrina. And that's our story and we're sticking to it. I, c I can prove it. I have documentation. <laughs> I can prove it empirically. I can prove it empirically. That is correct. So um, there and there's actually pictures of this too. You have a, a very portly looking um, police officer. And he's got his uh, shotgun, like, his elbow is, like, way the fuck up above his, his right ear. Um, it's not in his shoulder whatsoever. You can actually see the back of the buttstock. And he's pointing it, like, four feet away from people who are standing in grocery lines who just look absolutely fucking terrified. If they were truly terrified, they'd get six feet fucking away from each other. Like, okay, I'm going to say something controversial, as I am one to do. As you are one to do. I'm not advocating for shooting civilians for no reason. But I think that social distancing is a good idea. Yes. Right? So when I go to Walmart and Walmart's full of mutants <laughs> and they're conglomerating all in the same aisle, which they entered in the wrong direction, and they're just standing there sweating on things. Yeah. If someone just walked by with a, with a Remington M870 and was like, you can step the fuck away from each other and from the other patrons, or you can get a rubber bullet to the chest. <laughs> They'd be like, you can't do that to me. It's America. Ch -ch -ch Clack. Okay, so are we talking about like Fallout, uh, uh, New Vegas mutants? Or are we talking about like hot rogue X-Men mutant with the red hair and the white stripe and the painted on cat suit? 
absolutely not the second one. <laughs> if Walmart was full of rogue rogue duplicates, yes. like I would not mind going shopping. You are full of shit, sir, and you don't want to know why? Here because the moment she opened her mouth with that fake Cajun accent, you would instantly be turned off. That's fair. I can't do a fake accent. <laughs> I remember when True Blood was all the rage. I was like, hey, bro, did you, you watch this show? And 30 minutes later, he took his first breath. <laughs> Let me tell you, I look, I know acting is hard. And I know that doing a convincing accent that you are not accustomed to is difficult. Yes. Like, I can do several. And it took me a while to learn the ins and outs. Like, I'm trying to learn how to do Scottish correctly, not the way that drunk white people in, like, suburban areas of America try to do Scottish. Yes. But, like, learn the actual no-shit Highland accent. Okay, would you like to hear my Scottish accent? Red October standing by. Abominable. <laughs> what, is, was that not spot on Sean Connery, who is from Scotland? Ish. <laughs> Do you know what time Sean Connery goes to tennis? Or I fucked it up. There's a joke. It's like, what time does Sean Connery show up at Wimbledon? Yeah. About tennis. <laughs> um, 50 no's and one yes still means yes. <laughs> was that better? That was a little better. I like that one. But. So you see these people doing accents, and some people nail it, and some people it's so bad. We watched uh, Knives Out. Yeah. And Daniel Craig is in it, the guy who plays, who's been playing James Bond for the last couple of years. Absolute sex pot. Absolute sex pot. But he's got this like southern accent that's so bad, and it sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Like he's like, I say, I say, boy, and you're like, no. Like from the moment it came out of his mouth, I was like. <laughs> No, this is wrong. Everything about this is wrong. He started levitating like he was uh, the last airbender in the Avatar state. And I was like, bro, just calm down. Like, I, I promise nobody thinks this is what your people sound like. I, I will say, to their credit, they made lots of, like, they got Chris, uh, was it, was it, that wasn't Chris Pine. That was Chris Hemsworth? Evans. Evans, yeah, Captain America. Right. They got Chris Evans to, like, make a couple cracks at him. And one of them was a foghorn leghorn joke. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, if somebody acknowledged it, like that brings my my enter, my rage level down to a simmer. Yeah, it's a bit meta at that point. So yeah. I will give you some chance to uh, mentally prepare. Uh, would you mind demonstrating for us uh, what an authentic, born and uh, raised uh, near New Orleans accent sounds like? And while you do that, I am going to have more of this uh, pina colada. I don't I don't know if I can do that just off the bat. Like that's one of those things I got to talk to my dad. <laughs> like the trick to that seriously the trick to that is I call my dad yeah he talks to me for like a minute or two says some dumb shit to me about where you been doing what you what you got going on that's not his accent I'm just saying you know uh, to distinguish it I from say my, I say young man what have you been doing I'm I'm not from rural Georgia like <laughs> no Cage, the, the, the weird thing about it is people from New Orleans have this kind of either they have this it's we refer to them as yats yats what's that mean like, where you at? Uh, right? okay. So my dad has- Yeah, we this, call those about fitting to right. down in, uh, in Florida. My my dad's accent is a is a weird combination of what sounds like Bostonian, <laughs> right? Because he doesn't say Star Trek. He says Stwatrek, <laughs> right? I'm going to go watch Stwatrek. Yeah, all right, Dad. You're going to go stare at Jerry Ryan in her bodysuit? <laughs> let's not conflate watching- Jerry Ryan with watching Star Trek. Okay, now say Walmart was full of Jerry Ryan in uh, her prime, in her cat suit. Now are you dealing with the mutants? Unquestionably. Unquestionably. Let Folks, me, you heard it here. Let me tell you, they brought, they brought her back for Picard, which yeah. I'm super about. It was a good show, yeah. If you and, haven't seen it, check it out. And they took her out of the cat suit and they put her in regular people clothes. And there was, I'm not going to get too much in the weeds on this, but there was a lot of uh, disgr disgruntledness between Kate Mulgrew, who played uh, Captain Janeway, yeah. and uh, Jerry Ryan, who played Seven of Nine, because Kate Mulgrew kind of took it out on Jerry Ryan about the fact that like their ratings were kind of going down a little bit, so they mm. brought in a hot girl in a, in a cat suit, and she was like, this is, f this is disgusting, we shouldn't be doing this. And years after the fact, Kate Mulgrew was like, nah, it wasn't Jerry Ryan's fault. Like, she played it really well, and I shouldn't have been kind of a bitch about it. So okay. I, I give Kate, Kate Mulgrew is a fantastic actress, I give her that. But, uh, yeah, like, I like, they, they brought her back, they made her a more relatable, like, rougher adult person that's, yes. like, got her some shit under her belt and doesn't wear cat suits anymore. Because I think we could all agree, some people would look delicious in cat suits, but that's not some shit you just wear daily. Just be, <laughs> like that's not just hanging out. Yeah, like she just come to work in her cat suit with her com badge on her on her shirt, and you're like, 
Like they even tried to make an excuse as to why she was wearing it. I don't remember what it was, but I remember yes. that she was in med uh, sick bay, and the doctor was like, "Yeah, we replicated this suit for you because it closely resembles whatever stupid shit gets us to put you in a cat suit for no reason." Now here's my question: If you're uh if you have the opportunity, uh, say you could have a scientist like clone one of those. Uh, uh, what was her name again? What Jerry Ryan? Yeah, she can. They can clone Jerry Ryan, right? And then they offer you a second one. Do you take it? A second Jerry Ryan? Yes. TikTok, right. Mr. Pfeffer. So here's the thing: we I had a conversation recently about cloning a dog. Yes or no? Would you take it? I don't know. That's why I'm trying to answer the question. Yeah. Right? Because it's not just a yes or no question. There's nuance. You could clone the body. Yes. But what about the brain? Let's just say for the sake of argument, intact. So the brain's 100% seven of nine, tertiary adjunct to Unimatrix Zero. Sure, why not? Then I would take, uh, yes, I would take a second one. What no, about a third? I would not take a second one. I would keep the first one because I imagine that being a Borg, she's going to be enough trouble to deal with. <laughs> right? And I mean that in a positive way. She would challenge you. Like, yeah. Like, you'd be like, yeah, look how smart and wonderful and charming I am. And she'd be like, I got no time for your bullshit, and I have the combined intelligence of like a thousand assimilated races. And I'd be like, "Well, damn it! Now I have to read more, son of a bitch." <laughs> but sh- shouldn't you be reading more to begin with? Uh, one cannot just simply rest on their laurels, right? I don't rest on shit. Oh, okay. I am I am tired all the time. <laughs> Eat a dick. I am tired all the time from trying to come up with more laurels to rest on. <laughs> I have a pile of laurels in the back of my room, and it's never comfortable enough. Speaking of laurels, um, we will give props to um, an older gentleman, uh, Tom Moore. He uh, is recently, I think he just turned 100 years old, and for his uh, 100th birthday, he was trying to walk 100 laps around his garden, which was... Uh, 25 meters, uh, around 82 feet long. I think that math checks out. Uh, and he was trying to raise money, and his family was like, oh, you know, we, we would be proud of him if you raise, you know, a 1,000 pounds sterling, which is what the, the U.K. calls dollars because they don't use uh, euro anymore. And uh, I don't, did they ever use euro? Uh, I think they used both. Yeah, for, for like maybe a brief point of time, they at least accepted it. Oh, they always accepted euro because okay. remember, like, when we went in 2014, we yeah. could use euro everywhere. But if you got pounds sterling, you had to use it in the UK. Yeah, and then so uh, fucking blew the absolute lid off of it. Uh, veterans, uh, celebrities, civilians alike, some uh, uh, supporters just blew it out of the fucking water. And they got, uh, last I looked, and I might be wrong, don't hold this against me, uh, was over 20 million US that he raised, which was fucking amazing for British health workers, uh, British healthcare workers. Bro, I'd spend a lot more time walking circles in the backyard if I could raise that kind of money. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, good on him because he, he's a, over 100 years old and he's like, this is going to take me a week, but I'm going to walk around this garden. Yeah, he was trying to um, time the 100th lap to line up with his 100th birthday. And the, um, the, the real interesting thing about him is that when he served in uh, World War II, uh, he actually fought on the uh, historical coast region of the Arcan which um, not a lot of people know about the other battles. Like, if you don't know, like, Iwo Jima or Battle of the Bulge, people don't realize, like, how many other fucking shitty dirt holes that uh, Allied forces fought and died on. So, like, if you get a chance to look into the, the Miramar conflicts, please do. It's, it's definitely an interesting read. I would say that if it's not in a movie, then you should go check it out. <laughs> and I'm not crapping on movies. I'm just saying we're, we kind of dig in the bottom of the well on... World War Two epics. Yeah. Like, I Dunkirk was a good movie, but if you sat there and listened to that, like, ticking clock in the back, wasn't it Chris Nolan that did that? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, there's, like, part of the part of the soundtrack is there's, like, this ticking clock in the background that's supposed to give you, like, a sense of anxiety. Yeah. To, like, make you think about the, like, make you feel the anxiety of the people in there. Yeah. And I'm like, Like, Bitch. when I leave the goddamn metronome on accident <laughs> whenever we start episodes, and it's like, tick talk yeah and i'm like thanks thanks buddy and then i start thinking about dunkirk and all those planes flying overhead and i have flashbacks from my welsh fucking ancestors i mean i just i I get anxiety over it you know like my knees get weak my palms get sweaty don't Um, (laughs) don't so beyond that um, because your mom makes empanadas not spaghetti (laughs) oh my god does she not no she does not she makes uh arroz con pollo y frijoles I like that you looked at me like an asshole for saying empanadas, yeah. and then you said something way more Spanish. 
So um, moving on to some of our other uh, allied countries, Canada bans all assault-style firearms. What the fuck? It's Canada, bro. They've got us. <laughs> no, but as for like, and then they did it in the most Canadian way possible, where they're like, all right, hey, just so you know, all this shit is illegal now, but we're going to give you, you know, uh, two or so years uh, to comply with everything before we start enforcing the laws. I mean, that's fair. You can't just, I mean, if the United States, for some reason, abolished guns, right? You can't, you can't expect everybody to turn their shit in all at once. Oh, most certainly you would not expect people to turn their guns in. Back to the beanbag point, like imagine if they were like, hey, um, you know, you social distancing is a thing. And then you were in some like real southern state like Florida. And <laughs> I don't consider Florida a southern state. Well, Larry, the cable guy, it was from like an hour north of where I lived. You so. mean Daniel Whitney? Yes, but his personality, which most people know, because you say all these actors, like our followers are supposed to know who all these actors are. First of all, if you know anything about Star Trek recently, you know who Jerry Ryan is. Okay, so that's 10% of our audience. Okay, and then Larry the Cable Guy, a.k.a. Daniel Whitney. Yes. A, was never a cable guy, and B... Made millions of dollars off an accent. Well done, Daniel. Well done. You're right. Daniel Whitney went out there, and he popularized being a sweaty dumbass and he is now living it up with uh all Others. his hooers and cocaine yeah he's probably going broke and he's gonna need to do another tour soon <laughs> i wouldn't blame him though but legitimately if they come out with a cure and uh larry the cable guy is playing up the road i'd i'd, I'd shell out the 20 bucks to go see him but yeah so a florida state uh situation where we're standing in line and the cops come out and start shooting fucking beanbag rounds at us for being in line at the grocery store. You don't think Americans are going to have a problem with that? If they were six feet apart, they wouldn't get shot because you said it was a social distancing measure. No, 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 no. It was, I'm sorry. If I did say that, I uh, I apologize. I don't know if I did, but the thing was is that it was a stay-at-home order. Oh, well, I mean, if it's... A, okay, so if it's a stay-at-home order in which you can't even go to the grocery store. Uh, their, their rules, not mine. Okay. No, I'm just trying to make sure we're, if we're going to have a hypothetical that I understand yes. the rules. Okay, so if there's a stay-at-home order and you're not allowed to go anywhere, first of all, nobody in Florida would have to leave their house. They just wait for the random gator to come pass by their, their backyard, and they have food for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, but eventually you're going to run out of seasoning, and we're not just going to eat raw gator. That shit's terrible. You need to get some adobo for it. Bro, you're telling me that, ah, well, you could just get online, and you could order some <laughs> grill-your-ass-off seasoning, and they could deliver it to your house. You'd never have to leave. With the discount code SMOKEPIT to save yourself some money on this fantastic season, are you tired of being white and being accused of not seasoning your gator? I know I am. It's <laughs> 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 so goddamn ridiculous. But so point being, though, is they say, okay, nobody's supposed to go out, and everybody's like, well, fuck, I ran out of shit tickets, and I ran out of you know, dildo lube or whatever the case is, and you're at the grocers standing in line and cops show up and they start shooting beanbag rounds at you. What do you think Americans are going to do? Um, I think a lot of three percenters are going to put on their extra medium uh, body armor and they're going to go to their state capitol and wave their guns around and complain a lot, but they're not going to go like armed resistance against the cops. You don't think that in that moment somebody wouldn't actually fire a real weapon back, though? I think it's possible, but it would depend on a lot of external factors that I yeah. don't want to get on on the show because I don't want to get lynched. Well, uh, so here's here's the idea. If you're just standing in line and they start shooting these munitions at you, um, I know that you're supposed to say, you know, like you're supposed to indicate your, you know, your intent. If you're a police officer, you're like, you know, if you do not comply, you know, I'll be forced to use less than lethal munitions or a taser or whatever the case is. But say you don't hear that. Say you're not paying attention and you just look over and you see a police officer fire a projectile at you. The person next to you goes Ugh, and drops like, I mean, if it's just out of nowhere, I'm going to, I'm going to turn and identify the threat. Yeah. And if the threat is law enforcement, I'm going to see cover, right? Cause I'm, you might shoot back. You might see cover. I would see cover first. Right. Because that is that is such a terrifying thing to think about, because like we both um, are, you know, uh, supporters of the Second Amendment, you know, with the idea that we don't want um, we don't want mass shootings. Right. But we also don't like the idea of somebody telling us we can't have guns. Well, 
here's the thing with that too. First, and and I've I've said this many times in the show. I'll say it again. I don't need the Second Amendment. I have the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment says I can have my guns. We've we've, we've been all this, but right. the point being though is that as someone who carries a gun, what if there's an active shooter and you pull out your gun thinking you're going to defend your life and the life of everyone around you? Then uh, a police officer hearing gunshot comes around the corners, sees you standing there with a gun. And thinks you're the bad guy. Like, how, how the fuck do you get out of that situation? Like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Well, there's two things. One, I already, not at the moment, because I haven't had a haircut and my beard is getting a little thick. Yeah. But I already have the, the unfortunate nature of looking like a cop. Yeah. So he'd probably come around the corner, see how I was holding my weapon, see my weapon, see my gun belt and go. See the flag on your the sleeve of your shirt. Right. And he'd, get, he'd pause for a moment and I would call out. Just pretty much any three random three letters. Like I used to when I was working uh, one of my previous jobs. Um, they never told us to do this, but when I whenever we do active shooter drill, I'd bust a door in and I go, you know, R S O E R T, get on the ground. You don't have to know what those letters mean. You just know that someone with authority just busted in, identified themselves, and told you to get the fuck down. The majority of Americans are going to get the fuck down, right? Because do you think you're going to take on like fifteen cops? I mean, even me, right? I've had a lot of training in firearms and tactics over the years. I could probably do a pretty good job of, of defending myself, but there's a point where you got to say enough, enough is too much and I'm going to get whacked. Like you got to identify yourself and ask what the fuck's going on. But that is if you're fortunate enough to see the police officer and be like, whoa, hey, same side, you know, before they, they pull the trigger. What if you're not facing or what if they just come around the corner and, you know, they, they, you know, they fired that quick hammer pair. If I don't have the time to identify myself or he doesn't have the time to identify himself, then I'm probably going to get whacked either way. Yeah, and that's, either that's I'm a gonna scary sh- thing. You know? Yeah, either I'm going to shoot him, he's going to go down, and then the next one's going to take me out, or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, so um, we uh, we even ran this by uh, Tim Kennedy when he was on the show, and he, um, you know, he, did, he didn't have a fast answer for us. He said that he does address this in some of the courses that he that he teaches, but I don't think there's a good answer for this. And if, uh, if any of our listeners have ever been in that situation, I would love to get uh, a message from them to see how it went. You know, we've run, we've run some active, active shooter drills, uh, simulating civilian environments. Mm -hmm. And even we, there was a thing they gave us. It's like a little pouch that you have, you can put on your belt and you basically unsnap the pouch and pull this elastic doodad and you can put it over your shoulder and it's like a it's a lanyard, right? It's high vis and it'll say police or law enforcement or conceal carry whatever stupid thing you want to put on there. But bad guys are not typically going to be road guard vested, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but neither are we though. I mean, I've I've been carrying a gun for you know, nearly a decade and I've never wore a, a lanyard that says not a bad guy. Get one. But you're you're telling me that that's the best solution for this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there is no best solution for a situation in which American law enforcement are told to open fire on civilians without identifying themselves. That is a fucking nightmare scenario of people are going to get fucking whacked. Well, the thing is, though, is like and we're not painting law enforcement as the bad guy. Obviously, they, you know, um, you know, they have a very tough job and it's hard to make those lifetime decisions in split seconds. But I'm just saying if you're a rookie cop. Or maybe you're one who's seen your partner go down, and so you're, you know, a little bit more aware of what bullets can actually do to a human body. And you come around a corner after hearing gunshots, and you see somebody standing there with a gun. Like nine times out of ten, I don't see them asking, you know, like, "Hey, are you a bad guy?" Before they, you know, say, "Drop the gun." And then, you know, you, and then even if you do comply in that situation, it's like, well, now, fuck, you know, you're taking a law enforcement agent who might be, you know, able to, you know, defeat the threat or keep people alive, and now they're they're fucking cuffing you, you know. And now you're a fucking stationary target for whoever this fucking crazy shooter is. Yeah, and that's one of the things we talked about is, you know, you're trying to assist law enforcement, but you can't do the Dan Blazarian thing where you just, you know, hey, give me a gun. Who the fuck are you? Like, oh, check out my Insta? Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do in that situation? I don't know. If I was a police officer and Dan Blazarian came up to me and was like, hey, give me your gun, I might give him my ankle gun and be like, hey, take me on your boat afterwards. Because you know who Dan Blazarian is. <laughs> you think a bunch of cops that have been working in, in Las Vegas for like the last 20 years, you think just some random sergeant's going to be out there dealing with a mass shooting situation where hundreds of people are getting shot. He's going to be like, oh, Dan Blazarian, I definitely know you. There's no legal liability for me at all if I hand you a firearm and let you just yeah. go buck walk. Wild. I'm just saying that if I knew who Dan Blazarian was, I would totes give him a firearm and then afterwards be like, yo, man, smoke me out because that shit was stressful. You know what else is stressful? I would imagine getting tear gassed. <laughs> yes. Uh, fucking 
protesters in Hong Kong were getting canisters after canisters of tear gas chucked at them. A little quick little backstory on this. If if you don't know too much about Hong Kong, uh, I wrote an article about this for American Grit. Uh, they're the third richest city in the world. They have over 263 islands uh, with territorial waters, ninth largest importer, tenth largest exporter. They have over 355 skyscrapers, beating uh, New York by um, around 75. The tenth highest GDP PPP per capita, tied with the U.S. And they were under British rule for a little over 100 years, minus that little sliver where Jap- Japan came in and they're like, meh. Yeah, you'll notice they're the best-run, most economically stable part of the Chinese mainland, and they were run by the Brits for a while. <laughs> they have their own system of government, uh, separate from the mainland. Uh, they call it um, uh, one country, two governments, or two governments, one country, whatever the case may be. They have their own uh, economic system and currency. So a lot of um, people in Hong Kong were pissed when mainland introduced this bill that uh, would make them subject to possible extradition to mainland to f- uh, face charges. Well, I mean, think if you lived in Florida, right, and they passed a bill that said that you'd immediately get extradited to, like, you know what, I'm going to back off of that one because that's going to go in a dark place. (laughs) But let's say you have, like, the Union and the Confederacy, right? That's been gone long enough to where nobody can reasonably get butthurt and have me care. Well, I think it'd be more like uh, like a U.S. territory, you know? I mean, yeah, okay, let's use Guam. That's a good one. So you're you're in Guam, and the United States government passes a, a law that says that they can extradite you to the United States to stand punishment, and this is the important part for crimes tried in absentia. Mm-hmm. So they can say the U.S. government can say we don't like the fact that you don't like the government. So we have passed this law that says we can extradite you to. U.S. soil so that we can punish you for it. Yeah, and to, to which uh, Hong Kong said, not no, but fuck no. They said, uh, so we have gotten you something, China, as a uh, as a con- as a counteroffer, yeah. and it is uh, this Tom Tucker and this Jack Johnson. Yes. These two monos, which we have bought for you, and you may have them whenever you wish. <laughs> They're free if you would like more. Yeah. you know Some of these. Some of those fill this whole room full of uppercut. And so they started protesting uh, pro-democracy uh, movements were met by uh, pro-Beijing uh, government movements. Then the cops came in and started cracking down on the pro-democracy uh, movements, just throwing tear gas canister and beating people and arresting people and all kinds of shit. And so uh, a lot of that shit has kind of gone by the wayside because of uh, recent events. But a uh, sh- ice cream shop in Hong Kong wanted to show their, uh, their solidari- solidarity for the cause. And they started selling ice cream that was flavored like tear gas. That is a solid and capitalist way <laughs> of telling someone to get fucked. They're <laughs> like, oh, you tear gassing us? Guess what? We eat this shit as a dessert. Yeah, and the um, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Do you remember what the main ingredient was? I believe it's peppercorns. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Uh, the main ingredient was peppercorn, and... Um, the, uh, the shop owner wanted to remain anonymous, and he... Uh, <laughs> of course he didn't want to get extradited. <laughs> Stupid. But a, uh, a customer who went on the record said that she had been tear-gassed in, uh, in several protests, and the ice cream reminded her of that sensation. She was like, I wanted to remember what it felt like to fight for democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, they're, they're, they're going through that pretty, uh, pretty heavy right now, and I, I think that's funny that they, uh, you know, they, they have not lost their sense of humor. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, one of the one of the key ingredients to dealing with trauma and dealing with like COVID, right? Like we've been everybody's been inside for I think we're going on week uh, what thirty seven by now. Million and seven. Yeah, we we we've been at this COVID shit for a while now, and the people that seem to be handling it the best are the people who have a sense of humor about it. <laughs> oh, side note: since we're talking about COVID and stress and dealing with that crap, yeah. Um, a friend of mine told me the other day that um, a lot of vets are seeing an increased number of dog uh, injuries, right? Oh, wow. Because dogs- Veterinarians. Right. I'm sorry, yes. But given our audience, that should have been something I should have clarified. (laughs) Veterinarians are dealing with a larger number of dog injuries that are self-inflicted or inflicted by other dogs. Oh, wow. Because with everybody being inside, the theory is that everybody being inside all this time and being stressed the fuck out so much- 
is the dogs pick up on that, right? Okay. Because dogs clearly pick up on your personality and your 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 attitudes. And so they see it, they sense the owners getting stressed out. So they get stressed out and then they start fighting with each other and it gets worse than the usual, uh, you know, put the hose on them and it's fine. Yeah. So it's important to maintain a sense of humor. I, uh, man, that really fucking pisses me off. Cause like, yeah, I think we all kind of have that John wick tendency that if like a dog's getting hurt, you know, that <laughs> you're more likely to go off. I don't currently even own a dog. And if someone hurt a dog that I knew or a dog that I reasonably new like if it was a dog i see someone hitting a dog that dude's getting choked out i don't give a fuck because the dog doesn't do anything right it's just chilling there being a dog and you're smacking it for no reason fuck you dude yeah that's uh that's that's definitely a good point uh it's man it's, it's got to be rough for those dogs that are like super high energy and they're they're all cooped up now well i mean I don't know about all the state's restrictions but for the most part like in in virginia you can still go for a walk yeah so I would imagine in that situation, dogs should be getting more walks rather than less. And if they're not, what the fuck are you doing with yourself? Correct yourself. That's it. <laughs> okay, so we uh, we have been toying with the idea of potentially launching a uh, a second podcast uh, outside of the smoke pit. We've been potentially talking about launching a several shows because thanks to you guys that listen to us on a regular basis, we've done pretty well for ourselves as far as, you know, getting, getting the audience, getting the word out, right? The exposure. Yeah. Right. Getting the exposure. Thank you. I don't, I don't do the social media stuff so much. So exposure is not a word I'm used to using in non-legal context. Then what have you been doing at the old folks home every Friday that I have to slip the sheriff, uh, a bottle of whiskey to get you out of. I said not in a legal context, Daniel. <laughs> Be that as it may. Indecent exposure. So, correct. So I feel like we should start branching out. I know yes. you guys, like everybody, those of you listening, love the show and we love you for it. Yes. And that's why we try to make sure we produce as much content as we can. Yes. We love you so much that uh, you could actually use this as an audio coupon to get one free nude picture from Mike Sensi at Mike Sensi Official on Instagram. That's right, and that's that's not catfishing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's going to be actually Mike Sensi. Yes, and he agreed to this in absentia. Yes, and uh, oh, I, we he, agreed to this for him in absentia. Proxy um, by virtue of there into pertaining to some legal mumbo <coughs> jumbo, special power of attorney. <laughs> yes, he was uh, very drunk and signed a special power of attorney while though being of clear and sound mind. He was clear and sound enough to where I didn't have to hold his hand while he signed it. Yeah, because I, I think that's funny because they're like, oh, you're you're too drunk to uh, to, to drive, but yet they still charge you because uh, like the idea that like you were still lucid enough that you made the conscious decision to drink and drive. And so like I, th- I think that kind of really speaks to the fact that despite being like being drunk is not an excuse to be an asshole. That is correct. If you can still get charged for a DUI. Uh, despite being drunk and you know not in control of your faculties or whatever, like you are still accountable for your actions. So if you're one of those guys that it's like, oh, I'm just so random and quirky, I just punch walls when I'm drunk, or I just get mad, or oh, I just have a temper, you got to deal with it if you love me. No bullshit, fuck you. Yeah, no thanks, Kyle. <laughs> like I can't tell you how many people I have not punched when I was drunk. So we're not going to get too much into it. So just hear us out. We. Uh, don't get very political on this show, and I know a lot of you have written in saying that you appreciate that because you hear it otherwise. And so in that spirit, we want to start a show about politics, but keep it apolitical. So here's the deal, right? Right. So it's not just about politics. Yes. Yeah, so hear us out. Don't turn the episode off. Right. We're going we're gonna to do a couple of test shows, put it out there, see what you guys think, right? And the show is basically going to be a debate program. But in order to make it fair and interesting, uh, we're going to come up with a topic, right? Say, uh, electoral you know, college. There you go. Do you think we should abolish the electoral college, or do you think it should remain intact? Correct. And the two participants, which will be one of the people from the show and a guest, or we'll debate each other. However, this works out. Yes. We'll bait you good. Yes. The for or against is going to be decided by coin toss. Coin toss. So our. Uh, personal emotions and uh, feelings will not be a factor. It is a beautiful scientific experience to see if the political system can work based purely on uh, merit and virtue alone. That's it. We're not going to use any kind of anecdotal evidence to support anything. Emotional arguments are going to be irrelevant. 
We're going to do fact-based information. We're going to try to keep it light and funny because we know you guys don't want to listen to a bunch of MSNBC nonsense. But we're, that's what we're planning on doing. We're going to we're going to flip a coin. Pro decide who gets pro and con. Everybody gets thirty minutes to sit down and Google if they don't know the topic well enough on their own, and then uh, and then let the fight ensue. Yeah, and it's not going to be one of those things where like you can just like uh, like back down. Like if you agree to the show, like you got to do it. It can't be like oh thick women, and then you don't get the side of the coin toss that you like, and you're like ah oh, I don't want to do this. Like no, like fuck you. This is the experiment. Can personal beliefs and emotions be completely left out of politics? And I think it's going to be fun. We're probably going to launch that within the next week or two. Yeah, I think we'll start We'll start recording in episodes for that. We'll do two or three episodes off the bat with just the crew, and maybe we'll find somebody to come on the show. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll see how the feedback goes. If the feedback goes well, we'll keep doing it. And if, uh, if you have ideas for uh, possible uh, topics, or if you're completely opposed to the idea, or if you absolutely love the idea, uh, shoot us a message. That way we can uh, gauge the temperature. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who may not know, I have started tweeting because I've given up and abandoned all my principles. <laughs> um, they're, they're not great, but they're not super political either. So that's a good thing. But what I'm going to start doing is I'll start tweeting uh, next week's topic uh, about a week in advance, usually on Sunday nights. I'll, t- I'll tweet the next week's topic. Yeah. That way everybody, everybody knows what's coming and they have a chance to kind of get an idea of where their view is. Yeah, and so um, and so the idea of this being a second show because we know that you guys love to hear us fucking rip into each other, but uh, we feel that it, we would be remiss if we started bringing politics into the show after building an audience because the the spirit of the smoke pit is that you know it's somewhere you can go, you can hear a little bit of gossip, a little bit of um, exaggeration, a little bit of truth, and uh, laugh, and you know we might trick you into learning something. Yeah. And we come in and we go, good news, everyone. And then we <laughs> <laughs> and then we just talk shit about each other for 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, so that that's why we uh, we made the decision for this to be a separate uh, podcast. Also in Smoke Pit News, we just launched a new T-shirt. Uh, this one was designed by Mike fucking Sensi. Uh, we had mine that said, correct yourself, which is uh, a, b- a bit of a catchphrase of mine. Then we had one that said, uh, sickness for the thickness, which is AJ's catchphrase. I mean, it's a cash phrase. I, I have a lot of memorable. I'm, I'm like Major Payne. I've got yeah. like ma- many memorable quotes. And then uh, so uh, Mike was sober long enough to be like, hey, why don't I have a shirt? And we're like, all right, we'll come up with one and we'll put the order in today. And he was like, chicken wings and shooting things. See, my original idea for a shirt for Mike fucking Sensi was we were going to put like a corn cob on the back of a shirt. Yeah. And it was going to be like a like that, that was it. Just a corn cob. And, and it polled very well in Indiana, but not so much everywhere else. Yeah, all the Hoosiers were like, <laughs> were like, oh, I'll stank. That's a cool-ass shirt. I want to get one of those. And then everybody else was like, that's dumb. Yeah, so we uh, we launched the Chicken Wings and Shooting Things uh, t-shirt that is available now on popsmokemedia.com. You can uh, stream our podcast from there. You can check out our merchandise, check out our sponsors that help us so much, uh, keep the lights on and all that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at because we uh, we you know we get this uh, badass new website and we'd appreciate it if you check it out, popsmokemedia.com. It's fantastic. So what else is on your mind, AJ? Oh, um, since we're hawking the website, we should also say that the, our excellent website uh, host and designer has got us set up for blog posts. So those yes. are, so those are coming soon. Again, those will be the individual writings of the hosts. And maybe occasionally guests if we yeah if uh, if you fancy yourself a writer shoot us a message at uh, info at popsmokemedia.com. put the subject like writing sample then uh, you know give us a little bit of what's on your mind if there's a topic that you're passionate about or something you just think the people should hear now be fair warned if it sucks I'm probably not going to write back <laughs> no if it sucks we're going to write back and tell you that it sucks because constructive criticism is the only way you get better. Yeah, because like I, uh, plus I, it's funny. Yeah, I've I've been doing this for too long to kind of tiptoe around people's feelings. One of the the shitty things about being um, on social media is that everybody can take a shot at you. So any fucking asshole that's ever had a problem with anything I've ever done in my entire fucking life is free to take a shot at me. But if you are good, send us a message. How will they know they're good if it's their first attempt? I always thought that the spirit of the smoke pit is it's a place where everybody can come to avoid having to fill sandbags. However, though, let's be honest here. If you come <laughs> to the smoke pit and you say some fucking dumb shit, you're going to get roasted by everyone. No, that's I mean, that's fair. That's fair game. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll give you constructive criticism on your writing, but 
you know, Dan's been my best friend for going on 16 years now, and I roast him daily. Oh, he really does. Like, I have to pull Sam aside later today and tell her some good roasts because <laughs> she's not, she's so sweet that yeah. it's hard to ever get her to, like, come up with good clapbacks. Yeah. So I've prepared several for her, and I'm going to give those to her later so that she can use them at random. Yeah, and uh, because I, it's time you get your comeuppance. But then, in the same uh, vein, I'm going to have to uh, reach out to any potential love aspect you may have and uh, teach them good roasting things about you, because that's fair in the law of equivalent exchange. Yeah, but I think she's pretty good at roasting me on her own. <laughs> I mean, not at the caliber of everybody in this room, yeah. but certainly, like you know. Yeah, it's still though. It's fair, and I don't mean that. Like, I just mean that. Like. No, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to teach your girlfriend shit to say, but then you can't teach my lady shit to say. That's not fair. No, I'm just saying any any lady I'm with is going to be is going to be able to roast on her own. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm not expecting you know 16 years worth of knowing each other's dark secrets kind of roast, but yeah, you know, because no, there's there's times where I'm, I'm sure we both do this where we're about to say something a little bit too a little too spicy, and we're like, yeah, we need to calm our tits. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's roasting your friends and there's ending a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> There's times where Dan pissed. I was setting the camera up earlier. Dan said something that fucking pissed me off. And I was like, I was sitting there adjusting the camera and I was like, it's already perfect. I don't need to fuck with it. I'm just like, do I end his life in our relationship or do I just let this go? Okay. You were overreacting on that, but we won't get into it. No, I was a hundred percent overreacting. That's why I took a, a tactical pause because there's times <laughs> where I'm just like, I'm, I, I, I absorb and contain stress because uh, Jeff Daniels, or, or no, was it Jeff? I think it was Jeff Daniels that said uh, he was. It was a movie he was in, and he goes, he was trying to like help his partner, like yeah. learn to deal with psychological things. Yeah, and he goes, see what you got to do is you got to take that feeling, you got to push it way down deep in the pit <laughs> of your stomach, right? And then you can just leave it there until it becomes a dull, persistent ache. Yes, like a man does. <laughs> Problem is, at this point, I'm more dull, persistent ache than I am person anymore. That was that movie with um, uh, him and Ryan Reynolds, right? R.I.P.D. Yeah, R.I.P.D. Trash movie on its face, yes. but a lot of funny moments. Yeah, there, there were a couple good one-liners. Yeah, that's like the movie, uh, what is it, Lockout. Yeah. I love the movie Lockout. It's absolute <laughs> garbage. But there's so it's just Guy Pierce running around for an hour and a half giving one liners and it's fantastic. Here's a gun and an apple. Don't talk to strangers, then get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, so check that out on YouTube. Uh we, we like to watch uh compilations of uh thank you very much. Nope, that hair stays there. <laughs> That's attached to my face. It's curled up like an old timey an old timey beard. Oh, speaking of YouTube, real quick. Yeah. For those of you complaining about the fact that I said we're going to put video up and we've not put video up yet, it's I've spent hours on this fucking thing. We have the videos from Pale Horse. We will have the video for today. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the editing programs because for some reason we have the audio and the video, and when we try to link them up, the video's frame rate drops so low that it looks like everybody is moving through water and it looks like ass. And I'm not going to put out a, an inferior product. Well, um, we might have three YouTube videos of like three episodes all drop on the same day. But after that, I will have figured it out and we'll all be on the same page. Right on then. Um, maybe we should reach out to, to EP Mike and see what his secret was. His secret was hitting the delete button out of one out of three episodes. <laughs> the secret for me is I, I'm being cheap. Yeah. Like I, I got like this super high speed program and it's kind of like it was free, but it's overcomplicated. So I think I just need to bite the bullet and pay money for something. Speaking of YouTube, um, I was fortunate enough to sit down with uh, Austin Alexander. He is a, excuse me, uh, a master at arms in the Navy who has over 357,000 YouTube subscribers. For what? For shooting guns or for fitness? Because it's got to be one of the two. Uh, for fitness. Okay. Yeah. Is he fit? Oh, he's incredibly fit. Does he make other people fit? Yes. Well, then let's hear what you got. <laughs> So if, uh, if you pull up the article on that, that, uh, that I wrote for American Grit, wah, 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 the first picture is... <laughs> that was the laziest wah, wah, wah I've heard on this show so far. Come on, man. Be, 
bump pump yourself up. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, see, you're not the one who has to edit the audio, and like nine out of ten audio spikes are you. So please let's 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 go ahead and keep that down a little bit. I will not apologize for art. <laughs> and the the first picture that's on there, he's actually um, supervising some other YouTube uh, personalities doing the obstacle course, and one of them is James Dean. Uh, I'm sorry, James Charles. Uh, if you know who that is, uh, then you know why that's hilarious. If you don't, uh, Google it. I'm not going to explain it. Oh, shit. Was this the guy from uh, Challenge Accepted? Um, No, it was not. Okay. No, that's a completely different YouTube person. Oh, well, I didn't know. I just saw a Navy guy was in there. Like that, that, the Navy guy and the Marine watching the YouTube personalities go through yeah, the O yeah, course. Yeah. No, no. I, I think it was someone else. Uh, but... Uh, beyond that, he also has like a three-time Miss uh, Miss Olympia on there doing like a Navy PT test. He has um, uh, a bunch of different celebrities and personalities going on there. So um, go on there and um, give that a look. Go to his YouTube channel, check him out. He's on his way of getting out of the Navy, and you know he's built this huge YouTube following, which is awesome for the veteran community. Yeah, if you're getting out of the military, and we've said this before, have a plan. Yeah. This guy not only has a plan, but he's already there. Like, and yeah, when I when I did the interview with him, he was saying that there's going to be a lot of people out there that try to dash your dreams, and it's it's kind of difficult to say that at the current moment because a few months ago, you know, I was all like, "Yeah, man, like don't let your dreams just be dreams, just do it," you know, and channel, ch- channeling my inner inner Shia LaBeouf. <sighs> Go on. You done? <laughs> Not nearly. My, my since you bring it up, like yeah. Sh- Shia LaBeouf, I I have three different opinions about this guy. Yes, right. Like his his acting is, pleh. with the exception of areas in which they put him in the position of being the stumbling nerdy guy, which is who he is as a person, as far as I'm aware. I thought he was really good in Fury. He's eh, all right. I thought it was really good. How are you supposed to be anything good when you got Brad Pitt sitting there just fucking being delicious in Europe? <laughs> right? You got Brad Pitt with that haircut. I had that haircut for a while, specifically yeah. because of that movie, because it looked boss. Yeah, it did. Right. But <clears throat> then he did all that political shit and got weird, right? And that's that's the part that you kind of lose me. Like, I get that you're trying to use your pulpit, but again, not everybody has something important to say. So... um Back to what I was saying before you started to go on your criticism of Shia LaBeouf's political stance. I'm not. I'm just, uh, that was all I had to say about the political <laughs> thing. I just wanted to bring up, if you haven't seen the Shia LaBeouf, uh, the video, right, with the orchestra and the guy doing the Orson Welles impression and the dancers with the Shia LaBeouf paper mache heads, go on YouTube and watch it and then you will thank me. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually talked about that on the show before. If you have not uh, <laughs> actual cannibal Shia, if you haven't watched it, you're fucking you're wasting your day. Yeah, it's hilarious. But um, so if because uh, I, I know I have said it on the show before, like you had to have a plan and like what's your worst case scenario, right? Like uh, I've talked about on the show, like you come out and you want to be in with a piece of technology, but then you know like VCRs went the way of the past when DVDs came out. Like you come into this piece of technology. And then it becomes obsolete. Like, what the fuck are you going to do now? Like, I have said that before, so I don't feel terribly bad. But the idea is, like, if you are getting out, put that additional layer of planning into your your exit strategy. Like, hey, what if option A doesn't work out? What am I going to do? What if Vine dies and then you don't have Vine anymore? Yeah. Right? And then all the people who are super famous on Vine, you can watch their compilation videos on YouTube, but they had to either adapt or fucking go back to regular jobs. Yeah, and um, like I, I think Sam uh, goes to school with uh, with a guy that she was saying that he was had a huge Vine following, and then when you know that the that app got deleted, like I think he's just a, a grad student now. It's a regular dude, yeah. but he had a plan, right? Grad school, or for whatever it was he was studying, and then he was like, "Let me do this Vine shit on the side because I think I'm funny, or at least I can be funny." Yeah, and then but his main plan he kept with school, right? He wasn't just like, "Ah, fuck it, I'm gonna be a YouTuber," like. Be a YouTuber if that's what makes your crap make make makes your corn crackle, right? But mm-hmm. you know, have something else. Have a different plan. Yeah, and um I've I've said this before, you know, you don't become the, the richest farmer in Afghanistan by having the biggest farm, you do it by having the most farms. And besides the social media, like I've been doing writing, I've been doing social media advising, I've been doing uh, a bunch of different stuff because like the idea is that if I lose one source of income, I'm not my goose isn't cooked. You know, and y'all know how I feel about geese. Right. When you're looking, 
I've been getting followed by geese. <laughs> There's a pair, and I see them everywhere. I've, I've, my daughter and I have been out driving before during this corona crap, and I've just seen this just two geese. And they're hanging by the side of the road, and I come by, and they're shaking their wings at me. <laughs> and I'm like, don't bring your blood feud into me, into my life there, chief. Yeah. But, no, you're, you're uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys wholly subsided by the geese. I forgot what the hell we were talking about. Well, uh, I was basically just saying that, you know, despite things on social media going pretty well, like I'm also putting in, you know, secondary and tertiary plans. Right, right. And this is a thing with, uh, there's a government contractor that said the same thing. He said, look, I can go for the big government contract that pays me X million dollars. That's great. But I'd rather have a large number of smaller contracts because, you know, just like the Afghan farmer. If I lose one big contract, I'm fucked. That's all I had. Yeah. But if I have several really good small contracts and I lose one for whatever reason, I'm okay. I just pick another contract to bid on. Fine. F- I'm, we can't, can't all bid on government contracts, but fine. Find several things, right? Everybody's good at at least one thing. I had this one Marine that was a complete waste of humanity yeah. for most things. And I, I always stuck with the idea. I said, you know what? When I'm a squad leader, I'm going to remember that every Marine is good at at least one thing. He was fucking amazing at ground fighting. Yeah. You wouldn't think it. He was like slow poke Rodriguez, <laughs> right? Like the, what is it? Uh, Speedy Gonzalez's cousin that was always as slow as hell, but he was stupid good at ground fighting. And I was like, all right, I found his thing. So find your thing and then find a backup. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully, you know, we uh, most of us who've gotten out have the GI Bill, uh, so that's something that we can fall on. I, I've taken some classes with my GI Bill, and I think that I might I might go back into it because why not make the extra money? I mean, yeah, if you're gonna, you got the GI Bill to use or not use, why not use it? The least you could do, the least you can do, take online classes. They'll give you some money for BAH. It'll help you with paying for rent while you're coming up with your main job or coming up with your side hustle, right? The worst you can do is get some classes and not continue your education in that direction because you found something better. And now that is not to be confused with the uh, the free classes that uh, Harvard was giving out online. That's true. Uh, when the pandemic started, Harvard said, we're, we're going to let everybody audit a large number of classes for free. Yes. So just so everybody's aware... The difference between auditing a class and taking a class is auditing, you get the materials and you get to sit in the class, but you don't get credit for it at the end. And even uh, even uh, the if you do pay the X amount of money, I think it was somewhere between $75 to $150, depending on the class, uh, to get the certificate that says you completed it, that's only for you to put that in your resume or to show it to a, a prospective employer or your current employer if you're trying to advance your position or seek another position, it's not college credits towards a degree. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on the class. Most of them. Prob- I, I Ch- agree Check with the you. fine print and all things. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm not I'm not saying they're not, none of them are worth any college credit, but I'd say you have to definitely look the into it. The free ones? Well, you, and like you said, you have yeah. to pay for- The certificate. You have to pay for the certificate at the end and- when you audit the class, you're just sitting in on the on the lectures and getting the materials. When you yeah. when you actually take the class officially, when you pay the however much money it is to get the certificate program, you're tested. You have to do homework, you have to do assignments, and you're tested at the end. Yeah. So you don't just get to ride through it and get a piece of paper that says Harvard on your wall. So don't sign up for a free class that you're not even paying for the certificate and then expect the GI Bill to give you a housing allowance and a book stipend. Right. Like if you're going to take a, like there's a justice class that's super popular and I think it's like a hundred bucks for the certificate yeah. track. It'd be cool to do it. And then you have that certificate from Harvard on your wall. So whenever, every, whenever your dad tells you, you know, you're not going to make it as a Broadway dancer <laughs> and you tell him you have the music in you and he's like, get a fucking job, Kyle. You could be like, well, I have a certificate from Harvard. So eat me. Yeah. And, um, so just, uh, to, just to kind of give you an example out there, like, you have to be constantly bettering yourself to, to stay competitive in this environment, right? Uh, just like um, if you ever watched the documentary Hot Girls Wanted on Netflix, the the guy who runs, uh, I think it was Hussy Models, he was like, a new girl turns 18 every day. And much with this, there's a new veteran with your MOS or rating getting out of the military every day. So it's like you have to you have to stay competitive and you have to, to do things. And so just to kind of give you an example – they uh, they offered these uh, these courses at Harvard and like an exorbitant amount of people signed up for them. Good use of uh, vocabulary there. I love it. Nice. Um, 
yeah, a lot of people signed up for that stuff and it's great that people want to better themselves. But if you're just signing up for the sake of signing up and not getting anything out of it, you're wasting your time. Yeah, like for example, uh, they had a class called Shakespeare's Othello. Uh, or, uh, Othello. Othello. Yes. So say you were a Shakespeare enthusiast or perhaps uh, you wanted to be an actor or a screenplay writer or whatever the case is and you really wanted to get in the inside the head of a very... Um, uh, Complex and nuanced character. Yeah, or, or beyond that, like just, you know, a very uh, popular uh, piece of work. There are, uh, when I wrote this article back uh, like a month or so ago, 200, I'm sorry, 23,773 people were already enrolled for a four-week class. Now, say we go into something that's a little bit more contemporary, entrepreneurship and emerging economies has, has 400,000 people already enrolled. I mean, you got to better yourself somehow. So that's 400,000 people are going to be subject matter experts. Well, let's say a, uh, 80% uh, you know, finish the class, right? And say there's a 20% on washout rate. That's, sure. Or that's, just don't complete. Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll say just for generosity's sake, 70%. Like uh, for, for higher education, that those numbers would be staggering if all classes were having 30% dropout rates, like be insane but anyways so you know you have 300,000 people are going to have six weeks worth of Harvard level education on entrepreneurship and emerging economies and that's just one college it's not to mention all the other Ivy Leagues and all the other prestigious ones that aren't our Ivy League because you know the difference between Ivy and like uh, semi Ivy is like private public stuff like that so you have colleges that are just as good have just as uh, low as accepted rates or like minimum scores required to get in but they're they're public so they're you know they're they're not private and that's kind of the difference if if you didn't know what ivy school is but now you're gonna have hundreds of thousands of people just from this one school are going to be better at being an entrepreneur in the current economy than they were six weeks ago these are the people you're competing with yeah even if you stay in the same business like in the same general field like you get out of the military um, I went to work with the State Department for, I'm, I'm still working for them just in a different area, but I worked with them overseas for several years after I got out of the Marine Corps. You, you, can, you show up and you get the job based on your current creds, right? Like you show up, you give them your DD-214, you show them all your certs from all your different courses, and you get accepted into the program. <clears throat> That's not enough. You want to be a window licker and just ride in a car, uh, convoys all the time? You still have to have continuing education. Mm -hmm. The moment you start slipping, some other veteran that just got out who has the same creds you have, you know, maybe not as much combat experience, but maybe like four extra schools, yeah. right, is going to come in and be like, I'm younger, I have less injuries, <laughs> I have more schools, and I'm willing to work for 10% less. Yeah, like, so a lot of these courses are kind of equivalent. They're, they're akin to like JKO or MarineNet or MCI if, uh, if, you're, if you're a bit older where they're really just kind of like a certificate that says, all right, now you know more about this. Right. But yeah, so the side hustles, right? Even if your side hustle is going to Harvard or going to whatever school you can, have a side hustle and, and, and go with it, right? And so if, this is kind of like a perfect example of how, um, you know, if, uh, if a few people were screwing the pooch on that, then everybody got punished, you know? Speaking of mass punishment. Yeah. I like the idea, and, and Dan had mentioned this earlier, and I wanted to bring it back up in case he had forgotten. One of the benefits to this COVID-19 situation, <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of benefit to it for a lot of people, and I understand it's a serious thing, but one of the benefits now is that the civilian population is finally starting to learn what it's like to experience mass punishment, yep. right? Everybody was told, hey, stay at home if you can, right? Don't conglomerate in, in public areas, and I... I, we live in Virginia, so we have Governor Ralph Northam, and I'm not going to get into it, but he is the only governor that is, in fact, a doctor. And he said, look, I'd like everybody to stay at home, kind of let this thing flatten the curve, all this stuff. And, like, the next week, like, Virginia Beach was packed. Yeah. And he was like, motherfuckers, what did I just say? And that's when he locked his shit down. He's like, nah, that done. Although I don't know how effective that was. We were at, When we went to go do Pale Horse, we stopped off at Virginia Beach. The place was packed anyway. Well, the, the, the thing with that is that you, you are allowed to go there for exercise. You weren't allowed to go there just to chill or to drink or to, like, party. And you had to be um, you know, in groups smaller than five, and you had to keep six feet apart and stuff like that. But, like, the typical freedoms and liberties that we have come so accustomed to being able to enjoy have been taken. And the idea that we as Americans 
should be responsible enough to be able to be in charge of our own health and safety, take precautionary measures, wear face masks, carry hand sanitizer, um, you know, use napkins when you open public surfaces or pump your gas, wash your hands, do enter, all those things. Enter the right fucking direction when your local store or Walmart has the stickers in the ground that say only go down the corridor this way. Yeah, because I, I mean, I... I I yelled at a guy at Publix the other day for that. I had a fucking stiff armor guy in the post office. I uh, I went in the post office to check the mailbox. We got some great stuff. And as I'm coming out, like uh, this guy is walking towards me and he's just like, uh, instead of waiting for me to come out of the corridor and come in, like he's walking right up to me. And so uh, I hit him with the, the old fucking stiff arm. I was like, yo, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. How about stay six feet away? As a matter of fact, yeah. I don't, whenever COVID, hopefully sooner the, the, the sooner the better. The, the moment COVID is eradicated or at least put down to a normal level where nobody's dying from it anymore, I believe we should maintain the social distancing <laughs> practice of people staying six foot the fuck away from me. In lines, at, at, like I went, to, uh, I went to a sports and hunting store. I won't mention which one because apparently I get yelled at for that. But I was, you don't have to say that every time you don't mention something. I'm, I'm going to say it so it's on the record, sir. It's been on the record like 10 times. Ask and answer, counselor. Move on. You know the highest form of flattery is imitation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because you were imitating the person who said that. Yes, all lawyers all the time. Anyway, so I'm standing there, and they have like a, they have a, a separate um, trailer outside where they yeah. have their ammo storage. So if you're just going to buy bullets, you just go to that spot. Yeah, it's like a, it looks like a food truck, and you just go up and be like, "I'll have sixteen of these bullets, please." And they go, <laughs> "Roger this," and they hand you your box, you pay, and you leave. Man, everybody was nut to butt in that fucking line, and I was like, "What is wrong with you people? Like, they're wearing face masks. These aren't hills have eyes, motherfuckers who haven't seen the news, right? They even at least they're watching Fox, so they're they're they know what's going on. Like the people at Fox News are like, "Hey." put a face mask on and don't cough on people and stay six <laughs> feet away. Like, how hard is that? And they're like, ah, oh, you know what would be really good is if I could smell the cologne of the person to my front. <laughs> so, point being, though, is uh, after I stepped on this guy, I had to use way too much fucking hand sanitizer to fucking decon myself. But, like, if I was coming out of a corridor. Like, he could have just let me walk out and then walked in. But no, whatever the fuck he was doing was more important than just being a decent fucking human being. So all I'm saying, and I don't want to get too preachy, is just try to be considerate of the people around you. Because I can't tell you how many fucking mutants I've had to like completely get the fuck out of the way for because they're just like, oh, well, you know, like I, I'm 400 fucking pounds. I'm not going to live you know, past two years anyway, so I don't care if somebody coughs in my eyeball. I got to say, I don't care about any of that. Just stay six feet the fuck away from people. <laughs> like... No, no, I 100% agree with you. Like, why, why, how is this a hard concept? Yeah. Like, if you can't judge six feet, that's fine. Stay the fuck away from other people. One fathom for our Navy listeners. Do you know, the other day I was having a, a very long conversation with my mother because she talks about as much as I do. Yeah. Which, as you can imagine, is a very long phone call. <laughs> um, it's nice. I love my mom. She's great. But she said something about a buttload, and she made an offhand comment of however much that is. And then it reminded me that's an actual unit of measurement. Yes. It is something to the equivalent of 384 gallons. That makes sense. Yeah, because a butt was an English cart. Yeah, so if, you, uh, if, if you're not sure of what six feet is, maybe you, know, you use the, uh, the metric system. It's about the distance of one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, yes, granted, before you jump down my throat, I know he's like billed as 6'1", you know, uh, on the back of the action figure. But just imagine if you have Stone Cold Steve Austin laying down, one person is standing at his head. One person is standing at his boots. I mean, of course, which you know he will use to stomp a mud hole in you if you break that six feet barrier. See, with the boots, he'd be six one. But yeah. age, age comes for us all. <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, lost a lot of cartilage in his knees. That's why, at like like thirty two, he was wearing both knee braces. Bro, same. <laughs> well, uh, I think that about does it for us today. Have, uh, have we missed anything? I would like to just throw in, for those of you who are listening, and uh, my voice sounds like a crackling campfire, uh, I lost it two weeks ago, and I've been working on getting it back. Luckily, last week's episode was a continuation from our pale horse. Yep. Um, so I am not trying to do a bad impression of a drill instructor. This is just my <laughs> voice for the next couple of days. So um, it's mainly because he hasn't used enough strike force energy, uh, which you know can heal th sore throats, uh, cures coronavirus. 
Allegedly. <laughs> I'm kidding. Le- uh, legal has told us we need to say allegedly we would make ridiculous Dr. Oz claims. Well, uh, the, <laughs> I think the FDA uh, indicator on the back of their products saying that, you know, this has not been evaluated to treat, cure, or enhance any condition, so I could say whatever I want. I mean, if we're going to go after Shia LaBeouf and Dan Blazarian, <laughs> like... I'm all, look, I'm going after Shia LaBeouf. After MSN, after Fox. Like, I mean, who, what, what other people who are way richer than us are we going to go after? First of all, I didn't say anything negative about Fox. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I said they were informing the public about COVID-19 CDC regulations. Even these hillbillies who are watching Fox. I didn't say hillbillies. You said it with your eyes. <laughs> Maybe They're there did. buying ammo. I'm saying that demographically speaking, people who live in rural areas are typical to watch Fox News. I didn't say that was a negative thing or a positive thing. Use our discount code SMOKEPIT. I simply said that's what it was. I will 100% attack MSNBC because they are fucking boring. (laughs) Boring. But okay, so what's the difference between MSNBC and like NPR then? It really depends on what on NPR you're listening to. Because I was listening to the show, This uh, This Is How It's Made or This Is How I Made It. I, th- I think it was the name of that show. How It's Made? Yeah, How It's Made. And uh, they had the the Navy SEAL who invented the TRX on there. That was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Uh, how It's Made is a good show. We used to watch that overseas because we had the the AFN eight-hour cycle. Yes. So they show the same programming for three <laughs> eight-hour blocks. So you'd come on shift and be watching an episode of like, uh, what is it, Australian Customs or whatever, the reality show. <laughs> and then like by the time you're getting off shift, you're watching it again. Which was super awesome. We had a, we had an Australian guy. He lives in Florida now with his family, but we had an Australian guy. Oh, of course team. he does. As my girlfriend said, Australia is the rest of the world's Florida. That's it. So uh, he his his name is Rowan. I won't say his last name. Rowan is a fucking beast. I love that guy. But we used to watch that show, and after a couple episodes, like he'd just be in the room, and after a couple episodes, I went, Rowan, I think I figured out your culture. And he goes, what's that? I said, I don't think there's as much bad shit in Australia as you guys make it out to seem. Yeah. I think your country's just gorgeous and you like keeping out weirdos. And pe- people are like, oh, I don't want to go there and die by getting bit by a fucking drop bear <laughs> or a spider the size of my house or like a fucking a gator with wings is going to fly in and like drop fucking kimono dragons out of its mouth <laughs> they're going to attack me with laser beams and believe it or not strike force actually has a, a division in australia so imagine if the drop bears were getting strike force energy if the drop bears get strike force energy we're all boned <laughs> that's how the wildfires started <laughs> that's exactly a, that and the emus yeah um, i'm not saying that uh, australian strike force causes you to be a pyromaniac but i'm also not saying that the emus are innocent in everything that happened no, the emu is getting. Look, if you're in Australia, yes. and you're drinking Australian Strike Force energy. Yes. Do not leave the packets laying around. Keep control of your Strike Force. Kookaburras have a taste for them. <laughs> if if the emus get it, you're all fucked. I mean, they've already won a war against Australia. I mean, seriously. Am I hyped up on these B vitamins? <laughs> <laughs> they just take that lemon Strike Force. <laughs> and they put, put it, it right in their butthole. Right in their butthole. <laughs> They're, they're not taking it sublingually, float, folks. They're taking it as a suppository. All and right. It, and it puts, the, it puts the fire in their eyes and the rage in their hearts. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you have a batshit crazy story that you want us to read on the show, shoot us an email at info at popsmokemedia.com. Also, check out our social media. You can shoot us DMs there. Stay up to date on all the latest Smoke Pit news. Also, check out our merchandise at popsmokemedia.com. Give this podcast five stars. We'd appreciate it. And share it with your friends.